And, uh, and so this morning we want to talk a little bit more about this, uh, this grand uh, holiday. I, and you know, it's interesting that, um, I, generally speaking, the way we remember Sukkot is the last few verses of Leviticus chapter 23. We looked at them already last time, I, uh, last time, on uh, either, either Sukkot morning, evening, last Shabbat, it's a blur, uh, all of our services that we've had. Uh, but there it says that they are to dwell in Sukkot so that they remember how God protected them in the wilderness. But what's interesting is that's the only place that it talks about Sukkot being remembering God protecting the people in the wilderness in particular. But everywhere else where it talks about Sukkot, it is a holiday of thanksgiving uh, for the wine, for the grape. Remember, we looked at that a little bit, uh, as well as the whole fall harvest, right? And uh, a passage that really epitomizes that is Deuteronomy chapter 16. In Devarim, which is how you say that in Hebrew, uh, in uh, chapter 16, you have a remembrance of the three uh, great pilgrimage festivals, the third one being Sukkot. And it says in verses um, 15 and 16, it says, Seven days you shall celebrate a feast to the Lord your God in the place where the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all of your produce and in all the work of your hands, so that you shall uh, be altogether joyful. Isn't that great? Someone ought to write a book called that, Altogether Joyful. It, it, you know what it makes me think of? Um, uh, some of you may have heard of Martin Lloyd-Jones, right? Uh, a British preacher of another generation. Uh, so he, you know, he manuscripted everything that he ever said, and so therefore he wrote about 35 books, right? By manuscripting, imagine, imagine manuscripting you know, uh, 50 sermons a year or 100 sermons a year. You can write a lot of books that way. Right? Right. Okay, anyway, so he wrote a book called Joy Unspeakable, you know, as Peter said, right? Joy Unspeakable. And so here you have in Sukkot, Altogether Joyful. What a great title that would be. All right? Uh, Three times in a year your male shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Booths. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So on uh, Unleavened Bread, on Shavuot, and on Sukkot, uh, we, uh, we celebrate. We, uh, we never come empty-handed, but we acknowledge and thank God for his blessing. The difference, though, between Unleavened Bread and Shavuot and Sukkot is Sukkot is, it says over and over and over again, joyful, joyful, altogether joyful, celebrate. And perhaps it's because agriculturally it's the end of the year. And so it's the fall harvest, just like you have in many towns and counties around here, you know, fall harvest festivals, right? A joyful time of of celebrating uh, uh, what has been produced. So that here is the, um, the fall festival in the Bible, the, the harvest uh, festival at the end of the year. 
Uh, and, uh, and so it is uh, certainly very joyful. It's also the beginning of the rainy season, so there's hope for the next year. You know, it's the beginning of the fall, the beginning of the, of the uh, rainy season. And uh, as we said, uh, uh, later on in, in history, this holiday developed in a very unique and interesting way that we have, uh, thankfully, uh, from the writings of the rabbis, we can see how it developed And it was so celebratory and joyful that it became this vision of the consummation of everything. That this vision of the the sukkah in the clouds uh, and uh, and that the day would come when we would all dwell in the sukkah of God and his presence and, you know, the the olam haba and the world to come. And that's why we read what we read in Zechariah chapter 14 about the feast of Sukkot because that came after the the captivity in the beginning of the Second Temple period. Um, But today, I thought, we would focus a little bit on this concept of the blessing, okay? The the blessing of Sukkot. We could call it the Feast of Blessing. Now, blessing uh, means a lot of things, a lot of things. We could say overall that it is the infusion of life from God. Whether we're talking about physical things, the relationship with God, blessing, we could say, is vitality. Blessing is life. Blessing is vitality, fruitfulness. It's used in many different ways uh, in the Torah. The ability to uh, defeat enemies uh, is uh, a blessing. The ability to be fruitful and multiply, to have children, is the primary blessing we read of, uh, in, in Genesis. To create, uh, the blessing to create, we're created in the image and likeness of God. And so, therefore, we have the ability to reproduce, and that is an, indeed a blessing. We also have the ability to, to bring life, of speaking words of life, speaking life into others. Uh, and to be the vehicle of blessing in all different kinds of, uh, of ways. Uh, uh, we acknowledge God in our blessing. How do we acknowledge God? With words, with words of praise, with words of thanksgiving. And certainly uh, I, that is what we're to do on, on Sukkot. In uh, Numbers chapter 29, you read about all the offerings offered on Sukkot. More animals were offered on Sukkot than any other holiday. By far, by far, 70 offerings. Uh, you know, the rabbis say that 70 perhaps uh, is this number of completion that speaks of, of, of interceding for the nations of the world, perhaps. Uh, but it is interesting, this uh, a profuse number of sacrifices uh, uh, as, as a blessing to God, you know, uh, offerings to God. Uh, and so we acknowledge God with our words of recounting his, his blessings uh, in, in our lives. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, let me bless his name, right? When it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, that means the psalmist is talking to himself, Right? Bless the Lord, self, me, and everything in everything in me. Let me bless his name. You know, it kind of reminds you of the Shema, right? With all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our might, everything about us. Uh, let us love God. Let us bless God. 
Uh, we bless him in word and deed. We bless him in our words. We bless him in living out the, his, his will. That, that is a blessing to God. Just like a child who is verbally thankful to parents and loving to parents, but also uh, does the right thing. What a blessing indeed that is. And so we bless God uh, you know, in, in that way. So on this holiday, on this feast, we need to remember this concept of, of receiving blessing and being a blessing, and may it be a send-off to us you know, for the rest of the year. Uh, may we always be living out uh, this uh, meaning of, uh, of Sukkot. And so when we talk about uh, this infusion of life, uh, the concept of blessing, as I, I think I shared a few weeks ago, begins all the way back in the beginning, right? In Breshit, in Genesis. Uh, and it is sin that has gotten in the way of, of this great uh, a blessing uh, that God desires for us to live, to live fully human lives and full satisfaction of serving God and loving others and, uh, you know, and, uh, and so on. And uh, you know that when we come to um, you know, Genesis chapter 12, when you have that word bless used over and over and over again, when it says, uh, uh, now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great name, and I will bless you, and make your name great. So you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Uh, and, uh, and, and so we see that God provides for Abraham in, uh, you know, in, in tremendous ways. And so Abraham is blessed. Blessing uh, was... Uh, manifested uh, oftentimes in the Torah uh, by uh, uh, lots of w- wonderful uh, produce of the land, of uh, provision, right? Uh, as, as well as in uh, word as well, word and deed as, uh, as well. And then it says that Abraham would be a blessing. Uh, and, and that all the families of the earth would be blessed in, in him. And so Abraham becomes, Abraham and his descendants through Isaac and Jacob and so on, the, the sons of Israel, becomes the vehicle of blessing to the world. God desires to bless humanity. And we see that now when we come to Genesis chapter 12, and for the rest of uh, history, basically, blessing would come through the Jewish people. And uh, when we come to the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant, you read a very interesting passage in um, the book of Acts, in chapter 3, in the speech. In verse 25 and 26, we read these words. It is you who are the sons of the prophets. This is a speech to the children of Israel. It is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. So it's very interesting that we read that. Then we read in the book of Galatians about how uh, the good news is... 
the good news of the coming of Yeshua uh, is, is the, the blessing to all the nations. Uh, but it is very interesting that he says here uh, this direct relationship between uh, Yeshua being raised up uh, as the servant, as the suffering servant, and send him to bless you by turning every one of you from your uh, wicked ways. So Yeshua is the infusion of life to, to make blessing into something less abstract and something real uh, in our lives. How is Yeshua the blessing? He infuses us with real life. In his resurrection, we have real life forever. And now the, the uh, doors have been flung open uh, to be able to receive uh, from God that intimacy, the redemption, relationship with God, so that we can begin to be the human beings that God originally intended for us to be, to be the receivers of blessing and to be the givers of blessing. But still, because we live in this world that uh, we do not see the great manifestation of blessing of, 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 the, of everything that the, the land produces and, and the infusion of life and all peoples everywhere. That has to be when Yeshua returns. But yet we, uh, as a community of a Messiah followers, uh, we have this life uh, in Messiah. And so it's very interesting when you come to a passage now like John chapter 7, a passage we may be familiar with, where it is Sukkot, and Yeshua is preaching on Sukkot. You know, it says uh, in John 7, in verse 2, now the feast of the Jews, the feast of booths, was at hand. We don't have to guess. It says it right there. Okay, it's Sukkot. And we know, uh, you know, when you read this whole chapter, it's actually very interesting that Yeshua doesn't want to go to Jerusalem. It's not his time yet. And, and so he sends the disciples. And then you get the feeling just when you read it, like he can't help himself. Like he must go to Jerusalem, you know? And, and so he goes. Uh, and uh, people are, uh, are judging who he is. And there, there's all kinds of rumors, you know, about, uh, about, uh, about who he is. And then he, then he speaks, right? Uh, and we read uh, here in verse 37. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, well, that's an important day. Uh, that's actually tomorrow's uh, date uh, in Hebrew. Uh, and it's the seventh day. That is uh, called um, um, Hoshana Rabbah, which means like the great salvation. Uh, and that is uh, a very important day of, of praying, especially for a physical uh, like rain, you know, uh, and there are, over the uh, centuries, the rabbis have prayed a variety of things, and, uh, including uh, the, you know, the, that the, you know, the, the branch of David would manifest himself and sit on his throne and so on. Uh, but it is this great day of praying for blessing, really. Praying for the blessing of God, Hoshana Rabbah. Uh, and, and so what it does it takes all the, uh, the praying for blessing on the other days and just sort of like turns up the volume on the, uh, on the seventh day. And, uh, and so in the ancient times, this, they, there would be all of these um, uh, elaborate uh, customs 
of the priests going out to the pool of Siloam and gathering water and then uh, offering like a water offering, what's called a libation. Uh, and that would be like um, a demonstrating, Lord, you know, pour out, pour out a blessing, pour out rain. Uh, and some would also say, pour out your spirit, okay? Uh, and they would also, uh, interestingly enough, sprinkle wine over, over this same uh, altar that, that had been drenched with water and, and a very, very elaborate. Uh, and they would walk around uh, the altar a number of times. And, and when you add it all up, it was really like this crescendo of, of prayer and, and, and appearing before God. Um, and by the way, you can read all about it uh, in Alfred Edersheim's uh, in two places. One is called the, the Temple, and another place is called The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. Those two books. Uh, and he gets it uh, from the Mishnah, by the way. He gets it, you can read it there, okay? He gets it uh, from the Mishnah, all right? All right. Uh, you're saying, Misha, what? Uh, take an MSI course, you'll hear all about it. Okay. All right? Okay. So now, so in this crescendo, you can just picture it. You know, this is all going on, and Yeshua says, he like breaks in. Now on the last day of the great uh, day of the feast, Yeshua stood up and cried out, the chutzpah. Right? If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost body shall flow rivers of maim chaim. Rivers of living water, right? So you can see they're, they're pouring out the water, right? If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, okay? That is a, uh, a bold statement. That is a, we could call it a Christological statement or a messianic uh, a statement. Uh, he is saying, you're praying to God, I'm the one who gives it to you. It's very similar to John 14 when he says, keep on believing in God, keep on believing in me, okay? Uh, and, uh, and, and so very clearly, uh, this is a, a bold statement. I am the one who will, who will quench your thirst. I am the one who will give you satisfaction. I'm also the one who pours out rain on the land, by the way, right? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, whoa, he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And as we said last week, the scriptures where it talks about flow, rivers of living water flowing is out of Jerusalem, out of Jerusalem, out from the temple, at the consummation. That's when that happens. And what he says is you can have that experience in me. Okay? Then John, now I'll just say there was great confusion when he said this. But we're thankful that John gives us uh, a little commentary uh, here. Right in the text, he gives us a little commentary. And so uh, we read in verse uh, 39, But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Yeshua was not yet glorified. Okay? Uh, and so and when Yeshua is raised from the dead, and Yeshua ascends to the right hand of the Father, he pours out... The Spirit of God, right? And he made this available to everyone. Sadly, the world has rejected the Spirit of God, right? That's why uh, nations don't live by love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, 
you know, and things like that, okay? Uh, yet that has been, indeed, the Spirit of God has been poured out. The very presence of God in this world has indeed been, been poured out. And all who receive Messiah Yeshua are able to, so to speak, to use plain English, take advantage of that. And, and to be able to be blessed, to be able to receive this infusion of life. See? Uh, because now Yeshua is indeed glorified. Remember what God said, to, what Moses said to God? Show me your glory. Right? And then God passed by and, and Moses could, could experience the attributes of God. And so we experience the glory of Yeshua, the glory of God, by this infusion of life via the Ruach HaKodesh. Okay? So there was great confusion. But we have clarity because we know the Lord. But you know, it is very interesting. If you turn with me back to Isaiah for a moment. Isaiah 44 in verse 3. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And they will spring up among the grass like poplars by streams of water. This one will say, I am the Lord's, and that one will call out the name of Jacob. And another will write it on his hand, belonging to the Lord, and will name Israel's name with honor. Okay? And by the way, I'll just say, that's why the next verse says, thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, the Redeemer of the Lord of hosts, the one who's going to do all this. And he goes on. But very carefully, Notice there is a relationship between the physical blessings on the land and the spiritual blessing of the pouring out of the Spirit. Okay? This is, this is very important. Okay? Now, first, I, uh, the first one. I will pour out water on the thirsty land, streams on the dry ground. Of course, in good Hebrew poetry, the second line accentuates the first line. So, and basically what it is saying is, in that day, there's going to be great blessing on the land. Let me just suggest, we're still awaiting that day. Remember how Paul says in Romans 8, we groan and the earth groans. We're waiting for the redemption of our body and the earth is waiting for the curse to be lifted on the, on the earth so that the earth can produce and be all that. So we're still waiting for all that. We're still waiting for all that physical blessing. And so let me suggest that is why we don't see all of the physical blessings uh, of, uh, you know, even if we're the most spiritual person on earth, we still yet don't see all that spiritual, uh, the, that spiritual blessing of physicality. We don't see all of that yet. See some of it, but not all of it yet. That's coming, all right? But what God has done is he has given us the appetizer, right? And that is the second part. When it says, and, my and, and I will pour out my spirit on your offspring... He says it in Joel also, okay, you can read it there also. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring, my blessing on, all, on your uh, descendants. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. This is what Yeshua did. This is the promise of the fathers. This is what, what happened in Acts chapter 2 and continues to happen when we receive the Lord into our lives and we live for him. The, the Ruach is poured out. Yeshua does the pouring and in John 7, he's saying, I'm the one who does the pouring. I am indeed yud heh vav -Hey. Wow! That's why there was so much confusion. And boy, if I was living there then, I would have been pretty confused myself, uh, I think, at that point. But we live, we live after the fact, so we can understand it. 
And we have wonderful teachers who have taught us. And we have the written out, Brit Chadashah, the new covenant uh, uh, for us. Uh, and so the Spirit of God has indeed uh, uh, been, uh, been uh, poured out. Uh, and, uh, and this is, so now what this means is we now are the ones who, when, it, when the Bible says, and in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. When God says to Abraham, and in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. We are the continuation of that. All who receive the Lord, we're, like the, we're, we're, we're blessed. We should be blessing the nations. Because we have within us the bracha. <laughs> we have within us the blessing. And we need to be sharing the blessing. Yeshua called us to go to the uttermost part of the earth. We could say, using this framework of, of the infusion of life, of blessing. And we need to be giving the blessing out. And that is how we receive uh, a, a blessing. We also read this. Uh, in the New Covenant, in a place, in one place, in 1 Peter chapter 4. In 1 Peter 4, in verse 14, make that, make that 3, chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Although 4.14 is great. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. One of my favorite verses. But anyway, uh, here in 1 Peter chapter 3, we read, uh, we read uh, here uh, in verses 8 and 9. To sum up, those are great verses when you read something like to sum up. Okay, it's very helpful. Let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil, insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a, a blessing. And then you have a quote from the Psalms. But I want us to get this idea, this understanding, that we, were, we have received a blessing and we need to give a blessing because we have been called for this very purpose. Just like Abraham has been called, right? Uh, we, we are all, either by faith or by faith and uh, genealogy, descended from Abraham. We all receive this blessing, but we are all called to give out this blessing, this blessing of, the, of this infusion of life. So how do we do that? What does that mean? Well, right here, uh, right in the neighborhood here in 1 Peter chapter 3, one is not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing. The opposite. Not death, you know, but life. I, I, I let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. What that means is that uh, forgiving, uh, not holding a grudge, all the other things that, you know, that we read about in, in so many places. And it is very interesting that you read in many places uh, um, uh, about the uh, uh, not returning evil for evil, but rather be a blessing. You read it in, the, in Romans chapter 12. Uh, and, but then you also read something very interesting uh, now in 1 Peter 4.14. If you are reviled for the name of Messiah, you're blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Wow. And so, just as Yeshua poured out that spirit, we have the Holy Spirit, the Ruach is called Ruach Kavod, the, uh, the spirit of glory here, uh, uh, rests upon you. And so, we see here that we're blessed because of the infusion of life that we have seen, that we have received. And regardless of what people may think about that, 
regardless of what people may say to us about that, no one can remove the Spirit of God from us. I always think of Richard Wurmbrand, who tells this story, you know, who suffered great persecution during uh, the Cold War period, I believe it was. Uh, and, uh, and how he was, in this, he was naked in a, in a cinder block cell, and he had nothing but within him. He knew that God lived and that no one could take away the presence of God from his life. And so he writes, you know, a Tortured for Christ was the name of the book, right? Uh, that he was blessed. He was blessed. How could he be blessed? Because he had life within him and no one could take away the life. This is what Sukkot is about. God travels with us, just like we read in Exodus 33. God travels with us. He is forever present with us. We forever have the light. We're for the life. We are forever celebrating Sukkot as we receive life and as we give life. So how do we do that? Just in, um, in, uh, in closing here, how do, we, how do we do that? Well, first, we cultivate the life within us. Kind of like when you're on the plane and, uh, and they say at the beginning uh, that if, we, if you need the oxygen, first put, on, put it on yourself before you help your child or someone else. So if we're going to pour out the blessing of God, we need to be filled with the blessing of God, okay? And that is not dependent on your 401k. It is, it is not dependent on, on your house or, uh, or the kind of car you drive, right? That is not what it is, all right? Yikes, as they say in the old country, all right? Uh, we need to cultivate the blessing. How do we do that? We need more of God, always more of God. Read Psalm 42, right? As a deer pants for the water, so we thirst for you, right? More of God is more of blessing. And so, therefore, we need to be in the Word, right? What a great opportunity we are all going to have beginning on Shabbat, the 20th, I think, is that the tw- I think it's a Saturday, the 20th of November when we begin our observational Bible study uh, uh, class on Shabbat afternoons. We're going to move the Torah study to a little bit earlier in the morning, okay? Uh, and we're going to have the observational Bible study in the afternoon going toward the end of the year with just a couple of Shabbat days when I won't be here, but we'll be, uh, we'll be uh, studying that and learning how to be empowered by our own study of the Word of God, not just we read it and then somebody else has to preach so that I understand it or teach so I understand it, but, but through cultivating this, uh, this blessing, this life, by understanding uh, the Scripture. So be in the Word of a God. And then, of course, prayer, Right? Uh, We can never underestimate the power of taking time to talk to God and to hear from God, slowing down in quietness you shall be saved, it says in uh, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 16. So important for us. We need to be filled up. We We need to be in the presence of others who know the Lord. We need to speak into each other's lives words of blessing, the power of words of blessing. Boy, you know, uh, last Wednesday night when uh, Sam Meyer was here, I sat in on the class and he said some very interesting things about, uh, uh, about when you read in the scriptures about trees producing good fruit and bad fruit. 
It was very interesting, and he made a very important case about it, speaking about words, and that, uh, you know, uh, false prophets can do all kinds of good things and look like everybody, look like they're doing really, you know, by serving, doing, but it's words, it's the words that ends up distinguishing what is the, the, the false one from the good one. And it was very, very interesting. All the way through the Bible, is, um, he pointed that out. Uh, and so speaking words of blessing, words of edification, words of forgiveness to one another, we are infusing life in each other. And that's how we cultivate this kind of life and then be able, indeed, to, uh, to pour it out. Uh, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful for all of us if uh, you know, we uh, were thinking in these terms and sharing with others, sharing with people who don't know Messiah, uh, the good news, but in the form of a, of a personal testimony. You know, the more I study the scriptures and the more I think about it, certainly the more sharing the good news is not just, is not um, a theological points, like, you know, um, uh, just uh, uh, the, the doctrinal truth, but the reality of the truth in my own life, right? That's what a personal testimony is. And what I like to say, it's not so much about how I became a believer in Yeshua, but why I, why I did, you know? It's great to hear about all the connections and this one talked to me and then I went to that place and this thing happened and then that and then I went here and I saw that. And, but no, because of, of what God has done in my life, I believe and I, and I trust him. And there are real changes in my life for, for people to see. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were the channel of blessing in people's lives by taking that opportunity and sharing that with people? What a great privilege and responsibility that is. And in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. From one generation to the next, yes, Yeshua has come, but we have been given the responsibility of bringing Yeshua to others. He dwells within us. We need to be able to show that to people. And that's why. Why should anybody believe in Yeshua? Why? Because I want to get my doctrine right? No, because I see the, the physical reality of the presence of God. And, and, and therefore, this is available to us all. And why would anybody want that? Because they can see that there's life there. The infusion of life. And I might not be able to articulate it, but I see that there's something about you. It may not even be something, in, one thing in particular. But it is I can see the life. And God created us, every human being, in his image and his likeness. And so somewhere within every single human being is this desire for the real food, for the real truth. Just like physically, within every human being is a desire for healthy food. And we may substitute it with everything else under the sun, but there's a real desire for that food. And when we start eating that food, well, my body feels better because it's innate. So, so it is in our relationship with God. We fill our lives with everything, even good things and things that are really tasty and happy and joyful and maybe even you know, wholesome and, seem, and, and good. But we may be missing what I'm really thirsty for. And that is what people should be able to see in our lives. And that is indeed the blessing of a God. 
the blessing that is poured out. And that, you see, is what we have now. We may not have um, the blessing of the land, you know, the, 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 the blessing of, of, of earthly land and of the blessing of a restored body yet. But boy, one thing we sure do have, and uh, that is the adoption as sons. Uh, uh, let's see, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. He made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention, and so on and so forth. Also, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, and so on. And so, may we take Sukkot, and may we carry Sukkot with us, and may we cultivate the blessing of God, the life of God within us, and may we share it with others in word and in deed with each other and to this world around us. And, uh, and, uh, and may we look forward to that day when God will pour out Sukkot on all of mankind, uh, when the whole world will celebrate Sukkot, as we read, when all the nations will come to Jerusalem and worship the Lord, the King of Kings. We do indeed look forward to that day, but may we experience all that God has for us in this blessing today. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we thank you, God, for the blessing. We thank you, Lord, that you have poured out your blessing, which is more of you, the Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, you promised it to us uh, from long ago, Lord, and we thank you, God, uh, that uh, you who have been faithful to Israel all this time, Lord, is, is so that the blessing uh, would flow out of Abraham's seed uh, and uh, to the world. Lord, you have called us to be a community uh, where we depict both Israel and the nations being blessed by you and, Lord, giving out this blessing to Israel and the nations. Lord, we do thank you, God. And, uh, uh, God, may, uh, may we celebrate uh, Sukkot and be altogether joyful especially on Shabbat, Lord, when we certainly do remember your blessings. We pray in Messiah's name.